Well, thank you, Jordan. I thank you for the thank you for the time because uh, Mark Koopman told me that you are the man. He's really smart. He's been commenting on my posts for years, and I always love what he has to say. Like it always stands out above the rest. Yes. Look, I, I look. I you know, I'm, I'm an old man. I'm 48 years old, right? And I do remember, you know, as a kid growing up, and I was always looking U.S. You know, I always wanted to be that you know, California things and everything else. And then Matt Cooper, I become his client. And uh, he was, he sort of mentoring me. Yeah. And uh, he told me I should talk to you, Jordan. So, you know, I'll check on you like I'll check. I've done a podcast. And, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm going to start listening even more now Thanks. because I just discovered you through him. You know, I didn't know because podcast is a, it's an art. And congratulations. Really congratulations, you know what I mean? I I appreciate it. And and I appreciate that I'm here talking to you. Very grateful for it because my favorite thing to do, Mario, and look, I'm just, I'm recording in case I want to like do anything with this. You know, it's not an official podcast, but if I want to, yeah, yeah. I love doing this. I love talking to people who say grew up in Yugoslavia or... Um, so, or or Moscow, Russia in the seventies, or you know, name whatever tyrannical state, yeah. tyrannical country. Insert tyrannical country here, and I love talking to those people who actually experienced it. So yeah, that's why we're. That's why I was like really happy to to jump on with you. You grew so what you you grew up there when why how what the thing it is I was expecting I'm gonna talk to anybody you know. Uh, my past is a little bit, it's like a, it's like a, uh, after Hitchcock has a sex with the Stephen King in Chernobyl, right? It's, that's one of my life. It's a horror story, right? And laughing now because I grew up in Yugoslavia, you know, it's, I was just a child of communism, grow up, growing up in, with, uh, with the parents who were, you know, typical communist products. My father was a worker, my mom, she was a worker, but she was a alcoholic and, you know, kleptoman and all this. So that when I was age 14, my parents, few few months after the Chernobyl happened, they kicked me out, right? And my grandfather, he was uh, high position operative in the secret police for Yugoslavia, which means having somebody on that position those times, it's it's extremely well, right? But you know, he couldn't he couldn't feed me, and um, he sent me to military school while I was you know going to the military school in Yugoslavia because in, in communism. You go into military school when you're 14 years old, full, full-pledged full military school. You finish grade eight, you go in four years high school, five years academy, right? So, like, you know, there's no... Uh, same with police, right? When you go to become the police officer, going four years in school to become police officer, right? So he sent me military school, and uh, 91, as you know, the war broke out in Yugoslavia, and I find myself on intersection now, you know what I mean? I'm the young communist, you know what I mean? The almost... A full-pledged officer of the federal army and things didn't work the way I wanted to do so eventually I fight for independence for Croatia because that was my call that's my country you know and seeing the army and the communism how I was acting through the years and I can tell you this uh, sometimes later uh, communism was very challenging times right and we didn't know nothing better you know seeing now let's go say Jordan with the microphone, was like, what the fuck is this, man? Yeah, I mean, we want this. But the thing is, it was a different times. And, you know, the communism was uh, not just a brainwashing, but it was being society built up on, like, workers. And you need to protect the state. And you all the state from the day you're born. So that all you're growing up, it's for you to repay the state, which means whatever they're asking from you. So eventually, ninety-one, I and that's what the purpose of of military. A lot of the purpose of probably military school is just training you to be a a, a factory worker on the assembly line that is the the communist state. Because you're born and you are sort of predisposition yeah. what you're going to do in your life. My parents were right. the workers. I'll be the worker. Right. That that is it. That's your lot in life. Like that's all you can do. Like that's got to be really. Um, that you're I, I can't imagine like if if you if if I didn't have the ability to be upwardly mobile like life would just suck like there's no potential for me yeah but when you when you take consideration you're 12 years old when you first time you have that military training in primary school 
right? Because they 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 educate you the way that you become a defender of society, right? Because it's all this, you know, basic thing. It was always everybody's enemy of your lifestyle, right? And uh, being poor, it's normal, right? And being everyone's equally poor, I, I would assume. Uh, in communism, you, you you on a on a hindsight, yes, but society is built that way that if you're a doctor, lawyer, or upper echelon in the factories, right, you know what I mean? Because peasants, like my father was a, in charge of, he was a president of the union. My father didn't know how to write it, seriously. He's born in 1936. But that's, you know, the, 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 the image they're portraying like a workers running the factories. <laughs> yeah, my wife asked, right? So, 91, I, I, I joined the Armed Forces of Croatia in the fight for independence. And um, the first six months of the war was a cataclysmic for me. It's cataclysmic, right? It's its entire world was against the independence and Yugoslavia falling apart. And, you know, there was a U.S. forces in Mediterranean blockading. You know, it was all this type of guerrilla warfare, right? And what I saw, it, you know, like you agree with me, like let's just say COVID now, you know, I'm seeing that you're pushing yourself there, Jordan, all the time. And now, if I say, like, if I may say this, there's a lot of public speakers there, motivational speakers. Yeah. I don't want to mention their names, but you already know they come from the U.S. They just, they've been washed out with the COVID. I don't see these fancy videos anymore. Wake up in the morning, four o'clock, and do this, do that. They, they disappear. And Why? what makes you hero for me, you were there when I was checking on some timeline. You know I mean, it's like, okay, that, that man, just, it's there consistently. And that's what the life it is about. You know what I mean? King is there, long live the king. This is your time, Jordan, now. So use it. So, you know what I mean? So I'm a little bit passionate about English is my fifth language. So apologize, you know what I mean? Maybe your I fifth language. To do. Yes. So like, you know what I mean? Nice. So anyway, long story short, I was in, in a war for, for six years. You were in the, you, you fought in that war for six years. I didn't realize it went on that long. Yes, 91 to 98. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, I watched I watched documentaries on it. I watched like I watched the the warfare in the streets. I saw like a lot of original footage. I've seen that um, really scary stuff. Like so, I I mean, you were there. You were in the streets. You were you were you were firing bullets in the streets. <laughs> you know the funny funny thing it is like during the period of the status quo, the standby when the UN comes and all these things. War following year started in Bosnia, so Croatian forces go to help Bosnian forces in Bosnia. So we fight along with Croatians against Serbs. Suddenly Croatia takes the side with the Serbs against Croatians. It was a madness, madness, right? And we have that this program called MPRI, which US armed forces come in Croatia in 93, military professional retirement officers, instructors. They come in Croatia to learn urban warfare from us, which they are later on applying in Iraq and everywhere else. But I think it is 98, I finally want to get out of the military. I was in security, military security intelligence services. That was my last post. Well, you can't leave as you want. You are a young, prospective man, and we send you in the Department of Foreign Affairs. And I was transferred to something called Directorate 7, which was a foreign intelligence security services. And after six months of training, I've been sent in Australia to work in Croatian Embassy in Australia. So I was intelligence officer in Croatian Embassy in Australia. That's how I come. And, uh, you know, life goes on. So the, the, the funny thing it is, what's happened now in the U.S., I'm seeing this, you know, these uh, things. We used to be being told in communism in school, this was going to happen one day to the Western powers, right? And um, it's unshakable belief that there's no coincidence in things were happening. I think that society is changing, you know, 360 degrees. So, yeah. Yeah. Have you seen, uh, you, you may have seen it, you may not, but it was this video that went viral, got like 25, 30 million views. Um, it was this lady talking about, it was like a 15 minute video talking. She was talking about parallels. She grew up in Yugoslavia, parallels uh, of what happened in Yugoslavia and what's happening in America now. I don't know if you saw that viral video, but I had her on... Yeah, I had her on my program. Katarina Ivanovic is her name, yeah. and uh, became an acquaintance of hers, and you know yeah. just kept up the communication with her. But you, yeah. but she's different because she was only like 
six years old at the time the the civil war broke out and she doesn't really remember a ton but you actually like fought in it so that's why it's really interesting for me to talk to you what was it like fighting that war i mean and and how do you look back on it do you look back on it as like just a a, like why what a pointless six years we're just fighting for bs for nothing like blood being shed for for no good purpose other than political gain um for for one or two narcissistic individuals like what was that all for how do you view it if if i go back in time i will not do it i have no choice my parents fled as refugees in germany as soon as wars broke out but what i noticed is that in a war usually go people with the lower skills social skills high school tops and that's it when the patriotism nationalism it's working so hard i put you in perspective if my president told me you know what i mean slap your mother i will slap my mother without hesitation because that's what i believe when the war finished you saw actually how the certain group of people become very rich and how many mothers are in a in a black right because the morning and because one thing i saw with the with the death even when i was the first time i do remember the people around me the last word would have said that it's a mom mother no wife no brother no sister no husband no uh, child but mother called the mother and you know for me when, when I saw people will take their life because lives on their own because they couldn't handle anymore. Because you're in constant sort of like, how to say, some vivid state. During day, combat, fighting, all this is okay. But as soon as become quiet, the, the overwhelming emotions inside, they want to surface, right? And you want to scream, you want to cry. And I said to people, when you see commercials on a TV, special forces or movie for vietnam and everybody's cool it's not like this trust me because everybody every individual fight their own war inside of themselves and for me that was the worst feeling when i was on my own without combat and i i had this the one thing jordan which what you notice on you know you're gonna see it in pictures i went in the war when i was 18 in the six months time i was looking like i was 35 and I couldn't understand. I lost the hair. Uh, I become old. I start smoking. I start drinking. Wow. You get the drugs fucking supplied by military fucking LSD. And, you know, all these things will suddenly become the part of your routine. And you become the junkie for the action. And you don't know nothing else anymore. But at the same to- on the same token, you go, you know, on a break in the city, which is under siege, but it still has a, some type of life. You see the people who never take the weapons, they they enjoy their life, have a girlfriends, wives, and everything else, and you hate them. You just want to hurt everybody because you're in such a pain. So if you ask again, will I do again? No, I wouldn't. Because there was a more nights, regardless, I have a 20 or something medals recommendations. There was a many nights when I would, would cry. And honestly, I would say, God, just give me one more night. But imagine when you're sitting in some shitty village and a couple hundred cannons, artillery pieces, you can see the destruction and you have nowhere to hide, right? And you think yourself, is this is what I need. And I do remember like we are like now, on 15th of January, 92, uh, we got independence by US, Vatican, Germany, Italy, uh, Austria, somebody else's friends. I do remember the shelling that day was, uh, was in, you can't even imagine, but what I saw on the sky was a winter time, 25 degrees below it's uh, January. It's a winter in Croatia. It was a 25 degrees below that sun, you know, like you just see the ball, yellow ball, but doesn't warm you. It's so cold, right? Snow, frozen. And I saw that plane on a, on a what's it called, on the sky, who knows what. And I said, God, one day I'm going to be on that plane going to Ibiza. Because night before I saw in some magazine Ibiza commercial, you know what I mean? I don't know where the fuck Ibiza was. And that was all my dream. I want to be on that plane. Six months later, 
you are exhausted, fatigued, and you know, I was a virgin and fucking so many things was, you know, just that yeah, you need to you need to survive. So, like, you know, happy to share all these stories with you. And destruction is it's it's so easy to des- destroy something. People don't understand that life is so limited. And I was uh, naive enough that I couldn't care less what I say. Mm-hmm. Was well, terrible. I mean, what did you think that your your future was at that point? Did you nothing, nothing? Just give me next combat operation. Right. Just give me next next action, more training, and I realized ninety five after last biggest combat it was a cold uh, storm. I'm um, I realized that I don't have a girlfriend at that stage. I'm alone. I become nothing, literally nothing. And that I need to change something in my life because I saw life around me was moving and I was still in the military. And the moment when the military started the, the mobilization process of the of the majority of the troops, I was very young and I was okay, rank position in military as an officer. I stayed, but then I saw how the system actually says, thank you very much, goodbye, and people going to abyss, right? And I didn't want it to, to happen to me, become alcoholic and all these things and losing the family, everything else. But yeah, so yeah, I can I'm like I share with you everything, you know what I mean? When 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 you're when you're ready we talk and I tell you because people don't understand one thing. You're born with a purpose and I think we all should live to learn and leave the legacy to the knowledge like it's a podcast and to learn and uh, next generation to be better. Instead of this, we invented hundreds of ways to destroy the things, the lives, but truth, nobody wants to know the truth, Jordan. Everybody's lying. What do you mean? In a war, Well, in a war, like, you know, like you have the two sides in kinetic conflict, right? Which is war. And then you're watching the news, you know, watching your news and then you see what they're saying things which are not true, right? You know, let's just say today was being shelling on that city, a unit city, there was no shelling, right? Other side says like, you know, we destroyed them, them villages, everything else was not happening. And then, but what it is instigating you that media, because um, they're just chasing the news and they will portray whatever they want. So I, I was being introduced into psychological warfare as a part of one operation. And when I saw how they're manipulating with us on a field, building that anger, that uh, patriotism, nationalism, everything else, and then you're angry, oh, man. And then when you um, realize, and I always saw this one thing, dying, it's not easy. You know, people don't understand. Nobody dies like this. Nobody. You're going to suffering, some type of suffering you're going. I saw this around me, but living was a hard. And um, yeah, yeah, but uh, Jordan, yeah, there's a story which. Yeah. So you pretty much uh, put words in your mouth. The news is poison. Uh, oh, absolutely. Look, like today when I'm watching the COVID, all these things, like, you know, you can see the same modus operandi, right? Building the you can see the same the- thing, same thing happening today that that happened in the lead up to the Yugoslavia yeah. war and through. Yeah, and that's uh, that was a communism was preventing, right? So you had the only one side of the news. We are the best. We are the strongest. You know what I mean? Imagine kids when you're seven years old, and you come in the first grade, and your teacher says, "Everybody, take your clothes from the waist up." You know what I mean? I go in the snow, rub yourself to become like an Iron Man. Because the kids on the West, they're eating just the burger, and you're like, yeah, you know, fucking long live the communism. We believe fucking we are gods, you know what I mean? We despise everything from Western society, but simultaneously, we love this one. But then in the culture I grow up, people, they don't care. Uprising was the biggest thing in Croatia, was a motherland, church, and your mother. So those three in order, you know what I mean? This is what you live for. And you couldn't care less for nothing else because society doesn't judge you. And when you go in a war, particularly in Croatia, everything was allowed as long as it's uh, protecting the country land. You know I mean? The church, the Catholic church, which is very influential, very powerful element of the lifestyle in Croatia. 
And then you can see as well what I said, we can say as well, two religions, Serbs are Orthodox, we are Roman Catholics, and the both priests, they're coming to bless you until you go and destroy. Come on, seriously? What the fuck? I mean, like, how is this working? I mean, first place. So who God loves more, us or them? You know what I mean? Yeah, we are the victims. We The God sees us. You know I mean? Let's go pray everybody. I'm like, okay, that works. But you don't know nothing better because you're continuously fed up with same news, same news, same news. Every day, everything is tensions, tensions, tensions. And all what you're expecting is just, okay, let's go go now and crash. World finish. What's happened, Jordan? Nothing. The borders were the same six years ago, six years later. <laughs> right. Just, just lives were ruined. All for political games and just people pitting one side against another. And But the major 50 years, they're teaching you that you are Serbian, I'm Croatia, we are brother and sister. We are brothers. We are brother, brotherhood unity. That was our fed for 50 years. Suddenly, no, you're my enemy. I'm your enemy. I'm like, okay, that, that works. So let's go bring what's happened 100 years ago, first of all, war. Yay, let's go. You know, Serbs done this, we done this. I said, okay. And the Croatians was always on the side of the fucking losers. First of all, war, Austrian monarchy, and then fucking with the Germans, you know what I mean? You know, like, how the world's going to portray you so you embrace that negativity? Yes, we are the fucking same killers like a Second World War. <laughs> so it was, it was patriotic war. I knew what I was fighting for. For me, democracy was a Coke and a burger, honestly. I didn't know what the world democracy means. We want a freedom from communism. Okay. That's, that's something we can discuss so yeah. many hours. But um, for me, democracy was a freedom of communism and a Coke and a burger. That was my democracy definition. Yeah. What do you think about when you hear the word socialism? What comes to mind? Socialism, insecurity. Socialism is not built. The, the Bible of the socialism or communism, communism, socialism is a way, way of the life. Communism is a way of ruling the, the class. Socialism, it was built that we are all equal under one banner, right? And we are all equal shared the goods and everything else, right? While the communism, it is central, central power. It was Russia. Russia was a communist country, central power, controlling everything. Socialism. So people rule the, the class. Now, socialism was a very, very good, for example, the unions. We're going to, you can buy through unions half price pigs, you know what I mean? Or the fruits or veggies or going to calls for 10 days, this and that, right? And that was all insecurity in socialism because the state will provide, regardless, the country or state doesn't have no money, they will make the money so people can experience some sort of benefits of the, the hard labor. You know what I mean? Subsidized uh, summer holiday on a coast or subsidized food to buy, credit lines to buy the pillows and blankets. It was every year same thing, right? Same thing was buying. It's every year was same thing. And then you have the New Year's Eve, you know, the, the, the social, social bureau will sit there and they will bring the new packets of the measures for the people. From this year, we're going to live better. Yeah! Are we going to increase taxes? Yay! You know what I mean? Are we live better? And it's just repetition of the cycle. The only true power of socialism has been measured by two things. Army, military was always number one. And defending the borders, right? In socialism, you truly could enjoy, how to say, being safe and security was number one. So in socialism in, in Yugoslavia, you could walk three o'clock in the morning on the street Nobody could put a weapon on you because state was controlling who could have weapons, right? Only state security services and military. You, nobody can, you know what I mean? You had the one police officer who will walk in, a, in, your, in your suburb or your area. One police officer, no patrols. And when you see the police officer, you run away because you don't want to, he stopped you talk like a morning and ask you, what are you doing on the street? Police over there could kill you on a spot and you couldn't complain. Literally, 
And he will say he was a hooligan. Right. So it was a fear from people's police called Milizia. So, um, socialism, the, the people without guns had nothing to defend themselves with. You don't have nothing to defend yourself because that's a state for you. State is here who is defending you. So weapons, you couldn't get a weapon by a weapon just to have in your home, like in US or whatever other country, like now. Why need a weapon? We have police, we have a secret services, we have, you know, for example, in socialism, the biggest thing was become the informant, you know, informant. Socialist, socialism, communism built informant network. Right. Husband will spy on a wife, brother will spy on a sister, and going police station at dope. Jordan was listening radio. My father was listening four o'clock in the morning, every morning, Voice of America. And he will have a small radio, three blankets in a bathtub, cover himself wow. to hid. Yes, I remember like now. And then will come, he said, Oh, there's a fucking rebellion in uh, what's it called? Uh, helping in uh, uh, Romania was then 1990, Ceausescu. I remember like now, and I was in military school, and I told him, Don't listen to the radio. You'll be arrested, and I'm fucking military, fucking the, 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 the cadet. I mean, I was military school. It's going to reflect my, my, my rank, my position. You say, you're going to dob me now? I said, no. Guess who dobbed my, my father? My, my mom. My mom, she dobbed him. So she get the credits in, in, a, in a company to become the small junior manager because she dobbed her husband. My father got seven days imprisonment for the fucking radio to listen to Voice America. Come on, man. Nineteen ninety. Not even <laughs> safe with uh, safe with your wife. It's like that's crazy. No, no. people will go each other. Night, but night. I'm telling you, that's how the communism was building these units and these homes, so we can, they can listen to each other. What they're saying in other units. Do you think America is headed in this direction, or no? Is that a wholly uh, inappropriate comparison? I mean, not so extreme, but in the direction of socialism, communism, the informant networks, the oppressive policies. Do you think that, do, do you, are there any resemblance uh, between any parallels between Yugoslavia in the 80s and early 90s to America today or no? No, really. But tell you the one funny, funny thing. My late father was working as a welder. I told you, he's not educated. He didn't know how to write. He didn't know how to read. But my father was a welder at the factory. And he's been interesting enough. In co uh, co the Yugoslavia was a part of independence. I'm not sure if I heard. It was an eight state. Pakistan, India, Libya, Iraq, Iran. There was independent states called themselves. And Yugoslavia was the biggest manufacturer of the weapons in Europe, and they're exporting all these weapons there. My father was working in Iraq for six months in the late 80s, building the old underground bunkers for Saddam Hussein. When the first Desert Shield started, my father says to me, how is possible that all these tomahawks landing in that place is because this is like a 200 meters below? Well, somebody gave the plans, right? Which is obviously normal intelligence. I think that US was, by late 90s, I think with the Clinton, that all ending, they were good police officer worldwide. And I think they were role model for everybody. Oh. I think everybody, everybody was feeling safe, even us. You will never be, how to say, um, subdued or become submissive to somebody, foreign powers, you know what I mean? Russia or Hungary or, you know, we can name it, you know, Poland or, you know I mean? Thailand, whoever tried to attack them, just figure of speech, right? And we knew that Americans, when they intervened in 94 in Bosnia, very first time, I felt like finally justice, right? Finally justice. U.S. evolved from, from Harry Truman, you know, till Bill Clinton so much. I think that Ronald Reagan was a, one of the greatest presidents, yeah. I remember in the 80s. He made a 
Soviet Union to go into bankruptcy over the Star Wars program which doesn't ever existed. And that Yugoslavia was a falling for this because they have a shortages in everything. They try to chase something in space which doesn't exist, right? Something happened in the US in the 2000s. I, I don't know what. I think it's changed a lot with Iraq. Uh, the people suddenly changed their opinion and, you know, perception of the U.S. and everything else. But I said, like, I always admired U.S. As a, as a kid and everybody, that people can be happy, free, have a strong army, and the government who's going to protect them. If you have U.S. passport, wherever you go, you know, like, man, I'm like, like a Captain America, you know what I mean? I'm protected. Which, with, with us, we could have fly if communism or go wherever you want because communism was having extensive intelligence network across the globe and monitoring every citizen yeah. wherever they go and before you go you need to have like a couple approvals police military state court uh local court fucking you know the industry that, that you're gonna be 15 days and you need to make the like a schedule what you're gonna do who you're gonna see in U.S., I never heard such a thing. And uh, I think that U.S., somehow, U.S., I think they become just too good to themselves that they forgot everybody else around themselves, you know what I mean? They're looking inside rather than outside. And U.S. was always needed to be that police officer in the world. They were balanced on a scale. U.S. versus everybody else. And when U.S. comes somewhere, everything stops or starts. And I think that they done very well during the Cold War because everyone is fearing uh, U.S. CIA, of course. And the CIA was operating very deep in, in communist countries. And that was discovered in the late 90s and 2000s, how much U.S. was actually being involved in the heart of communism without, without we believing it's possible. So, yeah. so, Mario, you're not at all concerned about the situation in the United States today? Because that would be a good thing. It, it, to, if you weren't concerned, that would, uh, that would, that would, uh, I would, I would sleep well at night. I would sleep, I already sleep well at night. But uh, it would be a good comforting thing to know. Yeah, look, I, uh, look, I, I don't live in the U.S., so like, I don't know everything. I can see what says on TV. You know, the president this, Trump this, you know, the black right. matters this, the police that, this and that. I think that people in the U.S., while you're wanting one thing only, which is going continuously to one thing, U.S. fought for independence. And they know how much they sacrifice at both sides, you know, I mean, south and, and east or whatever it is. I think that there's going to come time when the people in the U.S. going to understand that they're living in most beautiful car, one of the most beautiful places in the world, most free countries in the world. And well, I feel like people forget that. I feel like people forget that here, Mario. So many people, especially my age, they hate our country. Like they live here uh, and they and they're they're tweeting from their their phones, their iPhones with incredible computing power with their blue check marks next to their names on Twitter about how much they hate the country and fuck the 4th of July. Like I remember that was trending last 4th of July and that's coming up again. And, uh, I mean, I'm, well, I'm sure I have no doubt I'll see the same thing. Like so many people hate that, that live here and enjoy the incredible privilege the incredible privileges that come with living here and experiencing the things that are here in America to be experienced and enjoyed. So many people that, that experience those very things hate those things. They're, they're like being, it's, it's, it's like what I see kids my age being supported by their parents, their bills are paid by their parents and they've got these awesome iPhones and they're, they get everything paid for and they're, talking about how capitalism and America sucks from the phones that their moms bought them. And it's just like, oh, shut up. Nobody wants to hear you. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you see, because the, the, the society, we as a society, we allow to be consumed by celebrities, by the public yeah. speakers. False by, gods. Uh, exactly. But don't forget one thing. We, we all must go... You see, in, com in communism, 
we, we, we learned two strategies, right? They try to set us two things. One, what's the difference between evolution and revolution? Evolution goes slowly. A revolution from point A to point B goes very quickly. And I think that U.S. needs to go to some, some sort of awakening in, in the other, other, other parts of the society. And I think they will because people want to live, you know, as much as seeing you see, I don't know, Seattle or mm-hmm. uh, Oregon, no, Oregon, I think mm-hmm. some of this, yeah. you know, and then I see that cities are being obliterated yeah. and yeah. destroyed. I think, I truly believe that there's going to be the power within people to say enough is now, enough is now. And another thing in socialism, it was we always spoke about this one, every revolution, its own children, and we educate that way, which means, let's go say, for example, uh, Castro and Che Guevara, I'm pretty sure you know the both of them. Che Guevara started that revolution, Cuba, all this bullshit, you know, blah, blah, blah. Suddenly Castro comes... You know what I mean? And then Che Guevara somehow died in Bol- you know, and he becomes the king. And the false messiahs and all this, and say, so like, I don't, I don't live in the US, but I truly believe that US has the strength, has the power within people to do changes, but those changes are going to come slowly and painfully on many levels in society, mm-hmm. particularly if US ever experience any hardship etap of the, let's say, some global conflict against happen, for example, right? Uh, you know, some global war or world war. Uh, society starts learning and appreciating what do they have, what they don't have. And in, if you embrace socialism or Marxism or communism or anything else, the group thinking, and the Bible I told you beginning, the Bible for the communism is called the book Utopia by Thomas More. That's a three or four hundred years old book where he says group thinking is not designed for the group but for individual power. And that was always masses being attracted to a person to control them for the purpose of the few leaders, right? And I believe that people, when they realize they're being manipulated and being used and destroyed and everything else, that they're going to say like, well, that was wrong cause and they're going to do 360 degrees and they point fingers in the blue ticks next to the name and say, this person, this person. Because my experience says to me, everything has cycles, and U.S. needs to go to this cycle of yeah. adversity. Having the adversity, that's, you know what I mean? Because this words bulk or whatever it is, it's all this. It's, it's just stupid for me to even talk about this. But I think that people are being spoiled, younger generation. Oh, I'm with you, yeah. And, you know, my son is 19 years old and um, he has like everything I never had. But, you know, I can see him as appreciating things because I always from time to time said to him, Mateo, I didn't have the freaking undies, which is true. On summer, during summer, my mom never buy the clothes. She would tell me as a kid, run naked because it's good for your skin. (laughs) It's good for your bare feet and this and that. Like, and I wanted to have a nice sneakers and I couldn't have. I believe that is duty to people who experience it in life. You know, I mean, let's just say that you have a lot of veterans from Afghanistan, Iraq, and other wars, anything else. You know, I mean, to explain to them, I was there for your comfort. You know, I mean, learn to respect Fourth of July because that's a very important day for US, and it's it's a gospel, right? It's Independence Day. On that day, you you know, you remove the colonial empire of Britain. To become independent state so you can live to their freedom but i'm pretty sure they need to be re-educated but before become re-educated they need to learn on their own mistakes yeah that, that what they're doing it's wrong and they will come jordan trust yeah. me every society has a look at the russia 91 goes down five years took them they have a chechenia war armenia war the, the uh, other states uh, Belarusia was trying to you know, it was a mess. Five years, destruction inside was imploding. Soyuz, Sovietsky, Soviet Republic was exploding, imploding before one guy comes, putting and say, like, enough. This country is built on the blood of your ancestors and this and that. People say, yeah, yeah, see. So. Well, I'm, I, I, like, I like your view. I, I do think that people are going to, at some point, whether the 
it's a hard way or not. I think that they are waking up to the fact that they're just being used and manipulated and used to do the bidding of, of career narcissists of, of politicians and, and, and politics I've realized is very much a spectator sport. You know, it's like being in a, in a football stadium and, you know, you can, you can scream, you can cheer, you can boo as loud as you want, but it's really not going to change the outcome of the game. And there's no sense really getting riled up and overly excited about it. You know, when I go to games, I just sit there and I just, you know, I, I, I watch it, but I don't get too invest emotionally invested in it. And I don't think people should get too emotionally invested in in politics either. That's why I've been a little bit more quiet uh, lately than I have been. I haven't been, I actually haven't been doing podcasts the last couple of weeks. I haven't been posting about politics at all. I just, it's a spectator sport. It's, it's really not worth getting to invest it in, but I like your, your hopeful op- optimistic view. Yeah. Look, every society, it comes together when they're on a, on a, on a age of ex- extinction. <laughs> and uh it is you know what i mean like suddenly like i saw today i think nebraska or north carolina what a state doesn't have the fuel right or something right and i said to myself all these small things you know become the big big item suddenly when you put all these small things packaging it's become the big package and suddenly overwhelm you but politics regardless what we choose or not choose or whatever we work for we can't control the events you know, I mean, us in Australia, we can't travel overseas for another couple of years. That's it. You know, I, I know that I can't see my family overseas for another couple of years. We're told. So, like, what are I going to do? Lift revolution now? It's a government decide decision. But as, like, as long as I can feed my child, my employees, life is okay. I'm healthy. I'm very, you know, uh, complacent. But if I know that we have that here riots and everything else, I'll defend what's mine in a way I believe that is appropriate. And I won't let nobody, I need to stand up for the, my rights, regardless government says to me it's right or wrong, but I'll never allow nobody comes and, you know, uh, destroy my son, right? Or uh, whatever, my house, whatever it is. But, you know, many little people like me, it's become, suddenly become the big, sizable number of the patriots, you know what I mean? And the people who love the life. And I said, like, you do Jordan things what you like to do. If you say a few weeks I need a break, you fucking need a break, man. The fuck you're not a Robocop, you know what I mean? You're not a fucking T3 Terminator, you know what I mean? You can do fucking for a thousand years. You have your ups and downs. You know, like I see people around me in Australia here. You know, I'm this and that, I'm this and that. I said, like, grow up, man. You know what I mean? That's a life. You know what I mean? It's what did you expect? It's it's gonna be like a fucking walking to the fucking Bali beach, you know what I mean, or Hawaii, and like, everything's going to give it to you? No, nobody give it to us, nothing. You need to fight every single day. But when you say, it's enough, I need a head break, I need a break. You owe nobody apology, Jordan. You don't know, uh, you don't owe nobody explanation. Seriously, it's fucking your life, man. (laughs) No, but seriously, because end of the day, you know what your body says to you. Look, I tell you something, I mean, we, we talk generally now, my son was, I, I knew that I can't have a kids, right? And my son is a, is a medical IVF, you know, IVF, you know, they make him in a lab and all this, right? I was joking with him. I said to him, I saw, I saw you frozen, which was true. And a few years later after birth, we learned that my son has a big medical condition on his brain. Oh, wow. Lesions, grown things, wow. and then and on top of this was a fucking epilepsy, right? And I said to him, listen, mate, I will do something stupid again in my life. I'll fight, you fight with me, I'll fight with you for epilepsy. So four years ago, I stepped into ring again. I was 44. So doing the boxing, I want you boxing now, doing the masters this year, world title, and everything else. And two years ago, my son. He's been accepted to do the surgery that will move him the part of the brain, which it's available memory. So he doesn't remember, but he always compensates with the books. Today is a healthy young boy who studied medicine and he can go for driving license. Now, I didn't achieve nothing. I just helped him. I said to him, fight, man, fight away. Get out. Daddy, I feel tired. You feel tired? Sit at home. 
same with you. You don't want to do podcasts? Sit down. You want to fucking go chasing chicks? Do it. You want to be on the beach all day? Do it. It's your life. It's nobody's fucking, you know what I mean? You owe nobody, you owe nobody nothing, Jordan. I'll tell you from my experience. Yeah. You're not a jar of Nutella. You can't make it everybody happy. I'm with you. Well, Mario, you, you're very gracious. Yeah. I've enjoyed, yeah, uh, I've enjoyed talking with you. Yeah. I, and yeah. I, I'm going to enjoy talking with you in the future and, yeah. and yes. uh, keeping maintaining this relationship. Why don't, why don't, since I'm going to post this on my podcast, why don't you go high level summary? What's the purpose of your book? What's it called? By the way, Insight Intelligence is your company. And then Mario, Mario B E K E S on LinkedIn. That's yes. where we connected. What, how do you say your last name? I'm just curious. Wow. I never would have gotten that. Mario Bekesh on LinkedIn. B E K E S. Yugoslavia then become, what's it called? Citizen of Yugoslavia, but you know. Yeah. So high, so high level, what, what's your book? What's the purpose? The purpose of my book is to give people understanding that life, it's, it's beautiful. It's short, but it's beautiful. And that they need to believe themselves that they can overcome any obstacles. They don't need nobody to tell them how to live the life, how to run the life. They can find it themselves, and there is no obstacle in life you can't overcome. And the moment when you believe, truly believe, as I did in my life, my experience in the war, I found that extra, extra, I don't say like, gram of the courage to push myself further. When because when I was most afraid of failing or dying or or other things. I found the reason for myself to live and I fought for this. And I didn't have nobody to help me. You know, when you're in a war, you're in a war, right? You have nobody to listen to podcasts in the 90s or the VTubes or these things, seriously. No inspiration. Have, yeah, no inspiration. So you can only inspire yourself to believe that you can do better. So yeah. I want to share to people that the wars are useless and when even you find yourself in a situation that you need to fight for your life, that you can do it, not just in the war, but every day. And you need to just believe in yourself. Another thing I always say, like, as much as you want to give up, there's always one reason. Stupid person has a hundred reasons to say something is bad. Smart person always has a one reason to live. Yeah. And I want to live. I wanted to share my story of the, of the suffering to inspire the people to have the better life. That's the aim of my book. Someone who's had real life experience, been there, lived it. You know, it's it's much different than your traditional self help book, where it's coming from someone like like me that just regurgitates theory and hasn't really actually lived and had these crazy experiences. So, uh, what's what's the book called? When's it coming out? Uh, it's coming in August. It's called The Blood Soaked Soil. That's a part one. Then it's coming the few months later comes the Still Rain. Uh, because I never talk about combat as a combat. You know I mean? Like, oh, I just did my right follow. I done this. I reflected my grow up, how I grew up in communism. And then, you know, fighting for democracy and how you're becoming the tool of the lie in shaping something greater. And I fought for the independence, for democracy. And I'm very grateful for that experience. However, I enjoy more internal wars inside of me than facing the enemy. And I always said to people, I can be brave now, but I always said to people, it's not to shame to men to cry. And then I cried. And many times I cried, I told you, and I said, God, just give me one more day to live. You know what I mean? And then something happened. I don't know how, you know what I mean? I, Something chosen me to leave and for some reason. And I was very stupid, naive, and I was thinking I was courageous, but I was stupid. And I was doing, you know, things, charging and, you know, running to things, which most of people say, like, are you insane? You're going to die. But then I realized, okay, I survived. But then I wanted people to understand that there is more beyond what the eyes can see if you feel deep inside of self. And you find the reasons to live, be successful or healthy and transfer this without blue tick next to my name. This is my experience. And there's a 
I was like, I'm grateful that I can talk to people like yourself. Look at where my life brought me to talk to Jordan Paris. Like, you know, if I just type your name, hi, Jordan, my name is Mario. So like, okay, dude, tell me, impress me. So you understand? This is what impressed me. This is the hero who says, I don't want to, I didn't want to work a few days on podcast. Instead of this, you could say, oh man, I'm doing every day. 10 people talking, just coffee, you know, give me super venti, 20 freaking fucking Starbucks coffee. My life is on a sunset side. I'm 48. Now it's time to say to people, enjoy your life. Because one day you want to wake up in the morning and you realize what the fuck happened to my life. Yeah. Because you are the... I'm thankful to you. Yeah, enjoy. Life's too short to worry and and get upset. You know, worrying and getting upset really doesn't help things. It doesn't do you any good. No matter what, no matter what BS you may be presented with, and that's just something that I've I've realized too. Like I dove full force into the political arena. Just you know, took you know took took my side and and fell for it all in in my own way. And and just and you know got was getting upset and and uh and and worrying about things but you know i've just realized especially after reading a book called the energy bus just to no matter no matter what bs you're presented with it's just better off for your for your own happiness your own bank account everything and just be happy and cheerful in spite of it the more positive i am the happier i'm going to be the 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 more efficiently my problems are going to be solved, the bigger my bank account's going to be, and on and on and on. And it just doesn't really, it's not worth getting upset. So enjoy your life. It's a good uh, good note to finish on. Mario Bekesh on LinkedIn. Keep up with him there for when his book comes out in August. Mario, you're the man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jordan. There you have it, my friends. This has been another episode of The Jordan Paris show. Now, if you enjoyed today's episode, there are a couple of things that you can do. Number one is, of course, share with your friends and family. I think that they would really appreciate it. Number two, we have a free community, a sensor-free community on Telegram. You can join that group at jordanparis.com slash group. I'd love to meet you. And lastly, your voice is powerful and it is important. And if you'd like to use your voice and start your own podcast I'd love to help you out. JordanParis.com slash course is where you can find my free course on how to become a rock star podcaster. That's all. Thanks everyone for listening. And I'll catch you on the next episode of The Jordan Paris Show.